there. My name is Maureen with my co-host Corey. We are The Real Guys and this is The Real Show with two ears. We're coming at you today. It is a very special edition of The Real Show for a very special event indeed. As always, I'm accompanied by my co-host Corey. How are you doing today, Corey? I'm doing very well, thank you. Great, great. And perhaps you could you could let the, the listener in on what we're going to be doing today. So today we are covering WrestleMania, specifically Night One. Night First One of... Night. of WrestleMania 38, it is the, exactly. the wrestling extravaganza, the pro wrestling extravaganza by the biggest wrestling company in the world. It's the most stupendous, yes, stupendous two-night event in WrestleMania history, apparently. <laughs> so, we think the word, they've, they've marketed it as the most stupendous, apparently because you don't say the word stupendous a lot in, in day-to-day life. I mean, yeah, it kind of makes sense. It's not an everyday word, stupendous. Hmm. So they've said stupendous they've had they've had pat mcafee break out the dictionary break out the theosaurus and find <laughs> stupendous it's coming to you from arlington texas and the, the at&t stadium from april 2nd to april 3rd we're only a bit far behind um, yeah not 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 too far uh, the attendance on night one was seventy-seven thousand eight hundred and ninety-nine people for it's a combined attendance of what this is a big number it's got six digits oh go on it's well, I think it's one hundred thousand fifty. No, yep. it's one. It's one five six three five two. Is the combined number? I don't know how you say it. I think it's one. It's hundred thousand and fifty. No, it's. I'm not going to attempt it. I'm not going to attempt it. I'm not going. Wait, what was it? One five six what? One one five six three five two. Uh, hundred fifty six thousand three hundred and fifty two. Oh, wow, you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just going to say that, that on the article I'm looking at, there's a little bracket, and the little bracket says disputed next to that number. I, mean, I, so I think we most don't of know. our pay-per-views are always disputed. Yeah, to be honest. we don't know how many there are. Um, yeah, but it, it's it's the biggest of the big four of WWE pay-per-views. Yes. Uh, the other three being Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. Correct. And it's the, mid, it's the mid-year, and it's, off, and it's booked as the biggest one, right? It's the biggest one. Everyone loves WrestleMania. It's 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 the longest running annual professional wrestling event in history, and it also there's like a mania season, isn't there? It's like mid March to mid April. Everyone sort of does their events in 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 wherever WrestleMania is. It's it's like a big season. It's like a big. Uh, it's like Christmas, isn't it? Correct to the point where even WWE are going to try and keep it going with now WrestleMania backlash. Yeah, yeah. Which gonna... that's what we want. So. But let's actually, let's look through the matches. Let's look through the people. Let's look through the event. There was no host this year. There was not. Last year in, in Texas, it was hosted by, uh, I want to say, Titus O'Neil. It was. And and the Hulkster Hulk Hogan. It wasn't, so, exactly. To Hulk sort of mixed, to mixed acclaim. Yes. Um, but I think, no, Titus always does very well. That's kind I'm of his thing. Titus now. was the highlight for me. Yeah, I mean that's that's his thing. He's kind of just seems like a you know he goes to like different places and he's more of an ambassador than a uh, in yeah. Ring ambassador. But I feel like he's got that's great for him. That's a really good role because he's really personable. He's really charismatic. Yeah. Oh, Titus World Slide. He's great. <laughs> he's fantastic. Okay. The fact that so that's let's... like probably about four four or five years ago now or something. Oh, everyone's doing it. That's his legacy though, isn't it? <laughs> no one's ever going to stop talking about that. So True. let's <laughs> let's go into. Uh, WrestleMania, this is Saturday. This is a Saturday pay-per-view. Yes, and which is, is preferable. It is. This is WrestleMania Saturday, and it opens up with there's a video package by Mark... I've, read, I've, I've got my notes up here. I've got my <laughs> notes up. Video package by Mark Wahlberg. Okay. And he's going, it's the most stupendous WrestleMania ever. All right, okay, Mark Wahlberg. It sounds like it's Transformers. He's making it sound like it's Transformers, you know. I'm going to have yeah. Optimus Prime Megatron battling in a wrestling ring. So... And it's the way they shot very well. The editing packages, the editors, whatever they're getting paid, it's not enough. It's mm. the editors for, for these events are absolutely amazing. I remember, you know, in January they had the day one pay-per-view or whatever. Yes. And and the Universal Champion Roman Reigns um uh came down with uh, coronavirus and wasn't able to attend. Correct. So they had to move Brock Lesnar, who was his challenger, into the fatal four-way for the for the um, WWE Championship with Big E, yes. and they had they had half an hour to edit a package, and it looked fantastic because mm. they literally announced it on the pre-show half an hour in, and they had half an hour to edit that package, and it was phenomenal. I mean, the point was the point packages are good. Uh, I mean, it, it, if it's a good thing they were good because you saw about twenty of them. 
Yeah, you see, throughout the night, every every match got a promo package. Every and match then, got a video. Every match exactly. got a package of everything. Of their entire, it's like the, they call it like the road to the road to the match between you know, Becky Lynch yes. and Bianca Belair, for instance. Anyway, because it's like like the road to WrestleMania. That's what they always say, isn't it? Exactly. They say it's the road to WrestleMania. We're going to stop at Elimination Chamber and Fast Lane sometimes, you know, but not often. So the pay per view opens with uh, the Usos, the Uso brothers, mm-hmm. uh, Jay and Jimmy Uso, defending the SmackDown Tag Team Championships against Shinsuke Nakamura, formerly King Nakamura, and yes. Rick Boogs, <clears throat> yeah, who is his who is his sort of uh, uh, lead guitarist manager sometimes. Uh, yeah, well, uh, he 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 was his manager. He was his his uh, hype man. His friend, guess, his hype man. Yeah, that's the word. It. His hype man, Rick Boogs. <laughs> He basically comes out with an electric guitar and plays his themes to plays his theme tune, and Nakamura sort of dances out and does his moves. So, exactly. And now he's uh, at, well, at WrestleMania was his tag team partner. Yes. Maybe a little little while before he ends up coming back. We see him again. Yeah. Well, well let's get into this. Well, what <laughs> happens in the matches? It's it's a it's a good tag match up until I, I want to say this happens quite early. It is quite early. Match. Right. But that's what I put here. I I put um it happens quite early. So Shinsuke and Rick Boog, they're holding their own against the, the tag team champions um, mm-hmm. until Rick Boog sort of takes a stumble, takes a fall. Yes. And we realise afterwards that, that he's, he sort of, was it his ACL? Uh, yes, I believe so. I think so. it may have been. He may have torn his ACL in his right knee after trying to lift up both guys on his shoulders. And he sort of never really recovered after that. No. And then um, Nakamura attempted uh, the Kinshasa on Jay. But then Jay counted that he got out and they, got, they did the Uso splash. Got a, got a two count, uh, but in the end it was that they did the one D from the um, the Devon Devon yep. uh, Dudley and uh, the Dudley the Dudley Bros whatever their name is. There you go. Um, <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Yeah, they've been doing they've been doing like the three D the one D recently, right? They have. Um, and they got and they performed the double team maneuver and on Nakamura and retained the title. They did. So, so uh, our, our hearts go out to Rick Boos. Hopefully, he gets back soon. Um, I mean, that, that's the health. It's uh, you, you can't really talk much about this one because it didn't it didn't really end how it was supposed to. No, no, they kind of had to work on the fly, which I guess is a testament to the Usos, really, for their exactly. uh, you know quick thinking and and managing to work the match sort of with one man. Really, and it's, we know that Shins, we know Shinsuke can go. Every man on the earth yeah. knows that Shinsuke can go, and how amazing of a talent Shinsuke Nakamura is. Yeah, so. it's also interesting that I mean. I, I assume the Usos would have won the match anyway. Yeah, I think so. But, they're they're a part of a stable called the Bloodline, who are yeah. who are um, Roman Reigns was the Universal Champion, and uh, the Usos who were the SmackDown. Fan. They're all their cousins, I believe. So they're they're sort of a stable together, and they have they they run SmackDown. They're like the dominant team. So I don't think yes. they would have lost anyway. But I don't know. It would have been it would have been good for good for Boogs get his. It's first WrestleMania, you know. First WrestleMania, WrestleMania, yeah. WrestleMania same, moment there. Double, either Samoan drop or whatever he's going for. But yeah, I, maybe... I think I think he was going to try and like not not a deadlift. What is it? Like power lift from right deadlift power slam or something. I think that no, I think he's going to try and get him literally both in the air, arms straight up with his head, and then just shut. Oh him. right, like gorilla press. Yeah, but he. But yeah, he's just like leg buckling. So next we have uh, Drew McIntyre, the Scottish, the Scottish warrior, the Scottish warrior, the Scottish psychopath, there Drew McIntyre against formerly Baron Corbin, formerly King Corbin, yes, ha- formerly Sad Corbin, Correct. Happy Cor, Happy Corbin, yes. Which is a long and winding tale of Baron Corbin losing all his money and being a sad man, going around asking people for money and being getting ketchup on his shirt. Yeah, and unable to feed his kids and whatever, and losing his house, and losing his car, losing his job, and everything, and losing his wife. And then he goes to Vegas. He goes to Vegas. He wins his. He wins loads of money at Vegas, and he becomes Happy Corbin. Exactly. He wears happy big suits, big flamboyant suits, and big hats. Big and hats. He, he goes around in a in a in a Rolls Royce and a, a BMW and a fancy cars. And he's been accompanied recently by formerly Riddick Moss. Yes, Mad Cat Moss, who is I initially thought when I heard his name, I thought it was Mad Cat Moss, but no, <laughs> it's it's Mad Cat Moss, um, who previously on the last SmackDown won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. He did, which 
I mean, good luck to him. It never really seems to do anything, but or the Andrew the Giant Battle Royal, <laughs> as they as, as they put on the pre-show. There was a typo there. Um, but Madcap Moss is like his. He's like he's like Happy Corbin's hype man. He's like a joke, yeah, much. kind of character. They're like comic relief. He's Madcap Moss tells awful jokes, and Happy Corbin laughs his head off at them. So, um, the the big crux here is recently it was discovered that that Baron Corbin's finishing move, the end of days, has never been kicked out of. No. Or at least people, not on the main roster anyway. Not on the main roster. People have people someone discovered that. Some interviewer discovered that, told Baron Corbin. And Baron Corbin's like, oh that's cool. I'd I'd like to see that carry on, you mm-hmm. know? And what do they do here? The first <laughs> the first time the first time Baron Corbin lands the end of days, boom, yeah. one, two, McIntyre kicks out of it. Yeah. And Michael Cole loses his mind, goes, Oh, he kicked out of the end of days. No one has ever done that. And and I'm just like, well, that's ruined the mystique, hasn't it? Anyway, it's, yeah, it's it's one of the things. It's it always happens though. It's and any kind of streak will just get broken for no reason. Sometimes, well, it's the fact they brought it up. I if they had well, yeah. brought it up, if that guy, whoever that guy is, whoever that interviewer is, hadn't brought up the fact no one has ever kicked out, they wouldn't yeah. have done it. It would have happened. So it, it reminds me of, and this is a probably a good segue because I don't think we mentioned this on a real show because I think it's been like I think about a month or so. Um, I was watching a story recently. Only one one person ever has kicked out of the Razor's Edge. And who's that? Crush. Oh. Randomly. It's not who you would expect because Scott Hall would only ever hit it if it was going to end the match. He wouldn't hit it unless it was, yeah, it was ending it because uh. he wanted to finish it to be protected. It was to finish yeah, it. Yeah, of point. course. And of it course. kind of reminds me of that. It's like whenever he hits it, you know it's done. It's finished. Cool. Yeah. Wrapped up. And I, I get it. It's true. I'm fine. It's not like it's... Cedric. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like, like, like Cedric, but he's kind of a no man's land currently. So, in the climax of the match, um, it was it was Madcap Moss who spelled doom for Corbin. He accidentally sort of distracted him, got yes. his attention, and then McIntyre ran in with, with the Claymore kick. Yes. Um, did, I don't remember if he did the count or not, but I don't really know why he does the count, because that's basically telling... It's like when Randy Orton <laughs> slaps his fist on the match, telling him he's going to do an RKO. Like, that's, just, that's when you get out of the way. I mean, yeah. yeah. When he starts counting, that's when you know to dodge. But anyway, um, McIntyre runs in with the Claymore kick, boom to the head, one, two, three, and that's and that's all she wrote. It is. Um, this is the fun bit. <laughs> McIntyre pulls out his sword. Yes. Gets out his great sword, um, mm. Angela, which is named after his mother, I believe. Yep. And um, gets out his huge sword because he's like a he's like a he's like a Scottish warrior. He's like um uh like Braveheart, you know. Exactly. Gifted to him by his friend Seamus. Yes, uh, he pulls out his huge great sword. He's sort of he's sort of taunting uh, Madcap Moss with it, pointing the sword and like you want to you want to come in here and I'm gonna slash you up, you know. Yeah. And Madcap Moss is like, oh, I don't want to do it, but he gets up on he gets up on the apron and Mac and McIntyre swings the sword, bang, yep. cuts all the cuts like two of the ropes in half or cuts one he of the does. ropes in half. He, he gets the first two ropes in half. Gets the first two ropes just down straight and the and the and the sort of the buckles sort of collapse. Yeah, and then he's standing there like, oh, you know, it's like Chekhov's sword. Like he's gonna do. <laughs> I want one day someone will get impaled. Do you know what I thought? Showing that sword. Do what on, I what thought was gonna happen? What? It, it's just showing the, how British I am. I thought for some reason he was gonna knight him <laughs> with the sword. I thought this is gonna anoint him and knight his knight put it over his shoulders. Are we are we called Sir Moss? No. Um... That was my uh, first thought. Yeah, but they should <laughs> do something with it. Like I know that's a good payoff for the sword. Like, oh, he breaks the ring with the sword. Okay. I know he's like he like he's like, he like chops tables in half with it and stuff. If and they did this like six months earlier when the um, Thunderdome was still a thing, yeah, it would be easy because you could edit it because there's no crowd. Or so we could like could, chop the so screen in half. Yeah, or that you could you could do something where he hits someone with a sword because you just cut it. You're pre-record. Right. Can't well, do that now. And then unless we had, it's a backstage segment. No. Then we had to um, cut away because obviously they have to fix the ring. Yes. Because Drew McIntyre just pff, completely destroyed the ring by chopping the ropes in half with his, with his big. Which with his, they tried their best to do, except the bottom rope was wonky. Yeah, with his broadsword. But <laughs> in the third match, it's the Mysterios, Ray and Don Mysterio. Dominic mm-hmm. is the tall son of small Ray Mysterio. Well, tall um, for. For Ray's son. Tall for Ray's size. We know Ray's, you know, short, but yes. Dom is just a regular size. I think Dom's just regular size. I think Dom's about five eleven. Yeah, 
Dom's just regular man sized. That's why it makes Raymond's yeah. look small. Anyway, um, it's Ray and Dom, the Mysterios, taking on the Miz. I like we like the Miz and his partner Logan Paul. Yes, mm. you heard me right. Logan Paul, YouTube boxing sensation and avid forest adventurer. Logan yes. Paul. He is. He's going to be his tag team partner here. Now the build to this has been, let's say, less than stellar. Uh, it's been a lot yeah. of the Miz and Logan Paul sort of sitting in sitting in directors' chairs on their talk on their joint talk shows and laughing at Rey yeah. Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio, and they've all been hitting school crushing finales on everyone. Correct. Anyway, throughout the match, Logan Paul is uh, sort of taunting uh, Ray and Dominic by doing a lot of. Eddie Guerrero moves. He is. He does the three amigos, the three the three suplexes. He does the frog splash. He does. Uh, he's actually not that bad, which he's is not. the shocking thing. Yes. Um, the fact that he's like Bad Bunny, like, like you know how Bad Bunny came yeah. in and was actually really good. Like he did a Canadian Destroyer on the outside. Like he was doing all these cool moves with John Morrison and stuff. And we know that was probably mostly John Morrison, but 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 the effect was still there. Yes. And the effect is still here with, with Logan Paul doing loads of cool stuff with Rey Mysterio. So when Rey Mysterio is a vet, he knows how to handle you know, someone who's not been in the ring for a while. So I make him look good, especially. So, yeah, um, Logan Paul didn't look too bad. Uh, so it's Logan Paul and the Miz. They're really they're putting the boots to the Mysterio. They come back. Uh, they, do, they do their joint frog, frog splashes, Rey and Dominic, uh, on Paul. But the Miz sort of tags himself in and does a quick school-crushing finale on Rey to get one, two, three and yes. win the match. So, and then after the match, they're, uh, they're holding their hands up. They're victorious. Uh, Ray and Dominic are like, oh, you beat us. Oh, they're skulking off to the back. And Miz is holding up the hand of Logan Paul. And then he just, he just school crushing for all his him. He hits him with the move. And the crowd goes nuts. Yeah. The crowd goes wild seeing Logan Paul laid out by tag team partner <laughs> the Miz. Right? And the Miz does like a face turn. I, I mean, quite, yeah. From this... Kind of. I think that was maybe that was that the intention. Maybe that I, was the intention. I, I don't. I I've got a feeling it isn't. I've got a feeling we'll be back on Raw doing the same old stuff. <laughs> yeah, of course. But but I feel like it was Miz sort of out healing Logan Paul. I I feel like it was that, and it's because it's probably just because he's just going right. Cool. You've 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 done what you needed to now. Don't need you anymore. Yeah, Logan Paul's not going to be coming back. For yeah, a exactly. Bit. Yeah. So it's, it's him getting written off TV. Yeah, written off. By Miz. Miz is gonna Miz is gonna outheal him. Like you think you can outheal me, Logan Paul. I'm the biggest bad here. So he yeah, takes exactly. him yeah, down exactly. as well. There you go. Um and all the while, just I'm gonna say that um let's give the hand to the commentary here. Pat McAfee and, and Michael Cole mm. are fantastic on SmackDown. And we've got uh Jimmy Smith for Raw and Corey and Byron Saxton. So not... I ain't gonna lie, I wasn't paying attention. I, I don't watch Raw. Um... Oh right. I didn't know who Jimmy Smith was until this paper. Oh, do you not? Do you not? No. Jimmy Smith, he's done some, like, I think he's done, like, UFC or Bellator. Or some I, I looked him up in the paper. He's, he's done uh, MMA, but I think this is the first paper that he's done. Because I don't think, oh. I, don't, if, I think this is the first time I've seen him. I think he did SummerSlam, didn't he? Last time. Oh, did he? I think he does the Raw. I think he just does Raw. That's matches. what I mean. I, I think he just does Raw. Oh. He might have done SummerSlam. I might have right, okay. Maybe not realised who he was. I, 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 well, he's, on, he's like Raw's play-by-play guy. Yeah, place that guy with the name I don't know how to pronounce. He was there for like a month. So anyway, uh, next I, match. Yeah, I can't remember either. Next we have Stephanie McMahon just comes out randomly and says, uh, "Thank you all for being here. Hello." Oh yeah. And then then she says, "Here's Gable Stevenson," and then Correct. Gable Stevenson comes out. I forgot this happened. Yeah, Olympic gold medalist wrestler <laughs> Gable Stevenson. He's going to yeah. join the Raw roster at some point. We don't know when. Yeah, this is. He was in like... the draft. He was in the draft well, last that's year. That's what I was going to say. He's he's turned up already. He got drafted. When's he gonna have a? When's he gonna do something apart from just come out and say in hello? Fact, he got didn't did not get drafted with another female wrestler that okay. also hasn't. I, I swear he got drafted with someone else. I swear there's two of them. I, I don't unless, know. Unless someone else came out with him but didn't get drafted. I I'm, I can't really answer that. I know I know that Gable Stevenson did get drafted to Raw, but he's not not done anything. So we don't know. But next we have the fourth match of the night. It's the man, big time Bex, Becky Lynch, defending the Raw Women's Championship against Bianca Belair at the EST. So, mm. now you're, we know, constant listeners to the show will know Corey's somewhat contempt for Bianca Belair. 
Would you call it contempt? It's contempt for how she is. Uh, what's the word? You got nothing against the sort of athletic ability or no, her, her ring work. It's how she is sometimes portrayed by right. the commentary and the uh, product. Right, but do you think she was? Do you think did this turn her around in your mind? No. Right. Okay. Because oh, that's all there is then. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, right. folks. See you. Listen to you next week. <laughs> no, because. I, I've never doubted the fact that she's she's good at what she does and she mm-hmm. can put on an exciting match. Cool. My issue is, is and again, that's why I mentioned commentary, is the fact that all the time commentary is like, oh, look how look how strong she is. Look how dumb. But it's like, she's picked up Otis. We've seen this happen already. She had Otis. We know. We back. know. Exactly. It's like picking up Becky Lynch or whoever it is, isn't that, isn't that, Big because we've seen her pick up people who are bigger already. I don't know picking up Otis is a bit different because like a piggyback situation, but still. Yeah. It's I like I like what I like what she is, but it's almost like it's oh look at this. It's it's like yeah, but that's what I expect when I see her. We know if she can do that. Yeah. So it's it then this was a good match. This, let's not put aside how, how good of a match this was. This was a great contest, a great competitive athletic contest between these two women. Mm-hmm. And the feud has built since SummerSlam of last year as well. Yes. It's built since Becky returned at SummerSlam in the place of Sasha Banks and won the SmackDown Women's Championship, which Bianca had held for quite a while. Yeah. And and she defeated people like Sasha and Bailey and the Horsewomen. Mm-hmm. And Becky comes out and wins it in like 26 seconds with one move. And it's a shock and everyone's shocked. And then eventually it turned to sort of hate towards Becky, who became the heel. And yes. Bianca sort of had to redeem herself through SmackDown and Raw by by defeating quite a few people and winning Elimination Chamber just yeah. just uh, just this year, right? Just earlier yeah. this year. So it's about Bianca. She's been fighting for opportunities. She's been fighting for for chances against Becky. And every time Becky says Becky says, "Oh no, you're not good enough. You need to go back to that's an awful Becky Lynch. <laughs> that sounds more Scottish than Irish. It does. I'm not going to do it. She says, "Oh, you're not good enough. You need to go back to the back of the line. I beat you in 26 seconds. I'm the man. I'm the big time Bex. You can't work at the big time. You're not like me, right?" So Becky has a decent range. She she manages to defend against Sasha and Bianca at like super showdown or something like that. And then she defends against uh, like Dewdrop and Liv Morgan a couple of times. Yes. And she's having a good program. And all the while Bianca's sort of sitting in the so sitting in the background a bit, just trying to trying to get by and trying to do better and improve so that she can get back to the top, get back to the top of the mountain and face Becky again. Right, so redemption, it's a redemption arc for her. It's a redemption story for her. And it comes to a head here at WrestleMania. Uh, as we said before, fantastic match. Uh, yep. they, 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 they punk us right at the start. They do it again. Lynch does that one move again in the first 20 seconds. The manhandle slam on Bianca. And she gets a two cap. She does. Everyone's like, oh, they almost did it. They almost did it to us again. They freak, see- and Bianca, Bianca sold that like death. And that's why I thought, oh my God, they're going to do it again. That's why For a split second, it was in my head. And I thought, oh, they'll have a kick, won't they? Now I I haven't gone and gone back and rewatched any of Mania, right? Mm-hmm. This is the one thing about this match that I remember bugging me a little bit. It's one, I like the spot where it's like, okay, cool, manhandle slam, two count. Mm. My only issue is is that now technically she's already gotten a two count on Bianca, so now mm-hmm. Bianca essentially now has to always wait until two. She's already hurt enough to get a two count. Two, yeah, so, I think that as well. I've, so I've... now it's like. Surely, like one more finish or a couple of big moves, and she's done now because she's already been hit with a move, and she's already at a two count. Now that's why I think if you, that's why people kick out at one for like the, yes. quite the first for the early few minutes of the match. Also, until you're I'm, doing bigger stuff, then you kick, start kicking at two. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't half this match just like roll ups and pinfalls? Well, Becky was pulling out a lot of stuff she's not <laughs> ever done before. She did like a molly go round. She did. Yeah. Like new stuff she's not done, or things she's done in like live shows and things like that. Yes. Um, against uh, Bianca, who was pulling out all of her sort of power moves and things like that, vertical suplexes, that sort of stuff. And Lynch was going for the disarmor, her patented submission on Bianca, on Bianca, and Bianca was reaching the ropes. Bianca did it on Becky, which sort of mirrored the Shayna Baszler match from WrestleMania 36. I thought weirdly, um, yes, because they were like trading moves, they're like doing each other's moves, which is an often face heel thing to do. But they were doing each other's moves, and outside the ring, Becky Lynch does a manhandle slam on the stairs on Bianca, and Bianca solved that pretty greatly. Mm. Um, Lynch then sort of 
entered the ring hoping for a count out if Bianca couldn't get back in the ring. But then Bianca got back in the ring anyway, and they were fighting near the turnbuckle or something like that. They were fighting near the turnbuckle, um, pushing each other around. Then Belair gets Lynch upon her shoulders, hits the, the KOD, the kiss of death, boom, uh, burning hammer, one, two, three. We've got a new Raw Women's Champion. It's Bianca Belair. Yes. A great celebration. Bianca looked great. Her gear was pretty cool. I know she makes her own gear. So mm-hmm. I really like the sort of black and red. It really fits her. And she's got the sort of shadows of red in her bread. Her, her entrance, let's not talk about her entrance. Now, we know, True. A, we know there's a big entrance coming in a minute, but there's that entrance was great with the band and stuff. It was playing a band. She's in sort of the, the regalia. It was, it was great to see. This is a good point. Did anyone else have any entrances that we've mentioned already? Anyone else has come well, out? Well, someone's about to have a bit of a big entrance. In a I minute. know someone else has. Has anyone? Right. Else? I don't think anyone else has actually. To be fair, are we? I, I've just skipped over this. Are we going to rate these matches? Uh, that is a good question. Should we? Well, we're we're too far in it now, I think, to not rate the. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, out of ten, I don't know. Uh, how many matches have we done? We've done four. We've done four. Should we uh, just have? A, should we have a pause and just rate them while we go as, as far as we go? We've only got two matches left. Yeah, why not? Three. Sorry. Three. Yeah, why not? Right. Uh, Uso, sorry, we'll have a little bit of a pause. Uso, you can put some like, elevator music on this while we talk. <laughs> uh, Uso's in Nakamura, i say seven, probably higher if Boos get injured, but that wasn't his I fault. was going to say about a six, 6.5. Six, right. But it um, wouldn't higher. Drew McIntyre, Happy Corbin, uh, uh, five. Yeah, I know six. Drew's a good it talent, but I felt the feud, the feud's dragged on a bit too much for the match. It should have been. Um, as much as I love Corbin, it should have ended quicker. Yeah, Ray and Dominic and the Miz and Paul. Uh, five again. Sorry. Uh, I'll go um, six. Six. It, yeah. It surprised me a little bit. Okay. Um, let's not rate that segment. That doesn't deserve rating. <laughs> nope. Um, Becky and Bianca. I'm gonna give it an eight. I was gonna go seven point five. Right. Okay. Cool. Now next, next. Yes. Seth freaking Rollins coming out, burning it, it down. Yep. It's Seth freaking Rollins and his. Now that's not his name. his name is Seth Rollins, but he's called Seth Freaking Rollins. Yes, and that's what he started calling himself. And he's the he's the architect. He's the visionary. He's the Monday Night Messiah. He's all those things. He he walks out. He's got a big entrance as well. He's in a big blue coat and a big blue uh blue sort of cape. He comes out in his gear, and the entire storyline has been he's not had a match at WrestleMania. No, and he feels like he is WrestleMania caliber. He's been coming to Vince McMahon's office and saying, Vince, I need a match at WrestleMania. I'm, I'm the, one of the best talents you've got. I'm, I'm Seth freaking Rollins. I deserve a match. And every time Vince is like, oh, I don't know what I can do for you, sir. I've got, oh, uh, I've, got, I've got nobody. I don't know I can give you a, I can give you a match. Right? And by the way, Stella Vince McMahon impression. <laughs> um, but so everyone can do it. If you can't do a Vince McMahon impression, I don't know if you can do impressions at all, to be honest. Because his voice is too impressionable to not be able to do an <laughs> And Cody Rhodes came back at WrestleMania. Now, this is we could probably spend an entire 45, 50 minutes talking about this just in, in, uh, in itself. But we'll get to the match, shall we? That's what we're all here for. Yes. And it was a good match. It was these guys that we know how good these guys are. We know how much they can go. And we know how talented they are. Exactly. So, I mean, it was. It, to be fair, is it is it longer? Yeah, it's lo- longest match of the night, which I guess mm. is understandable. Yeah, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, um, I'm surprised we didn't. I'm surprised it was on night one. In all honesty, mm. I thought I thought it would milk it a bit more and literally give the fans the longest time to wait for it. Oh, but but no, it, it, it was good. It was a solid match. There's references to I mean Stardust references in there. Stardust references. There's an Ocarina of Time reference. Thank you, Corey Graves. <laughs> there is. There's, you know, the prodigal son has returned. He's 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 un he's undeniable, as they say. Uh it's Cody Rose, here he here he comes, coming down the ramp, and he's in the ring, and it's there's like that there's not that apprehensive moment, it's like, oh, it's Cody, what's he gonna do? You know, what's he gonna say? Mm. And he doesn't say much, he leaves that for the raw afterwards. But maybe we'll cover that in, in our night two video we'll do afterwards. But Yeah, I mean it was also to be fair, I thought I mentioned this, there was a split second as well before he came out where I know that at least uh, I had it in my head, and I think a couple of other people I've spoken to had it in their head. When just before Cody Rose came out, Seth's in the ring and waiting, and then like all the pyro, pyro went off. 
and it was like and then the whole lights came off and for like five seconds you're just in pitch black with like everyone's flashlights on and everyone yeah. going this looks eerily familiar I'm like yeah, yeah it, I'm like it won't be the fiend but I'm like this looks eerily familiar and then yeah. his music starts I'm like okay I think people knew some I heard some people say oh it was the pyro that told us it was Cody you know? yeah Cody yeah, I mean, I mean, yes, the fiend wouldn't have massive pyro going off. No, no, down. the fiend wouldn't have huge fireworks. But it was, and the match is pretty amazing. You know, it was, it, it was a great back and forth competitive match. People are pulling off moonsaults. People are pulling off, uh, you know, great suplexes. C- Cody Rhodes does the stardust, you know, flip over hand taunt, and he does the uh, Rollins pulls out the pedigree, gets a two counts. Um, Cody Rhodes does a crossroads, but as we, but as we know. Um, as we know in AW, a crossroads will never finish a match. One will never finish a match. No. Um, he has to do multiple. So he does one crossroads. He gets a two count. He does another one. He does another one. He does the bar on a elbow as a tribute to Dusty Rose's father, one of the greatest uh, legends in all of pro wrestling. Uh, he does a bar on a elbow. He does a third crossroads. Bang, nails him. One, two, three. Cody Rhodes is your winner. Mm. And what a great return. Fantastic match. Nine out of ten. I'm going to give it... It's it's high for me. I'll give it a nine out of ten as well. It's my okay. match of the night, possibly, yeah, yeah. potentially match of both nights. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think it gets that distinction. I'd happily say it's the match of the night. Of course, it's fantastic, and it's not only Cody's return, and which is a huge event in itself. Yes, but it's also a great. It's also an amazing match. Really mm. awesome. Um, next we have it's the penultimate match. And it's the next one. Weird, weird. They put the two women's titles on the same night. I was, I was thinking this. I was thinking surely it'd be one, one night, one, the other one. Yeah, that's what they did last time. That's what they did WrestleMania 37. Yep. Um. So, but no, they they put the two women's titles on the same night, which I thought was strange. It's Charlotte Flair, another another sort of uh, second generation wrestler, the daughter of uh, Ric Flair, and right. against uh, Ronda Rousey. Uh, your famous UFC and uh, MMA fighter Ronda Rousey, who the winner of the Royal Rumble, bear in mind. It was the winner of the women's Royal Rumble. She challenged. You can challenge for any title when you win the Royal Rumble. She challenged for um, for Charlotte Flair's SmackDown Women's title. The feud yes. wasn't the feud wasn't the worst. Let's say it was just a lot of sort of throwing people through tables and 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 a lot of sort of submission uh, submission exchanges. Mm. Like Rousey says, oh, I'm going to beat you with the ankle lock, Charlotte Flair, because I was trained by Kurt, or I've had training by Kurt Angle. You know, yeah. He was famous for his use of the ankle lock, so I will use the ankle lock on you, Charlotte Flair. And I was like, like, oh, I've never, I've never submitted, I've never lost, I've got the figure eight, which is the best submission move ever, right? And even it's, though Charlotte Flair was wrong, I mean, yeah, she has been submitted before by Sasha Banks three times and by Oscar about twice on TV. Yes. So I don't know what she's talking about. I'm also I'm also like, are we going to ignore the fact that Ronda Rousey is like was famous in UFC for winning by like an armbar, and you think realistically she's going to win by an ankle lock? Well, no, that was Charlotte's <laughs> point. Charlotte was like, oh, you're just a one one trick pony, Ronda Rousey. All you can do is the armbar. You've got nothing else against me. Whereas, where bear in mind, I've I'm technically a one trick pony because all I ever do is the figure eight. So <laughs> for submission moves, obviously not counting the natural selection because that's not a submission move. Mm. But with or um, I suppose that probably attends to the um, that probably attends to the finish of the match, which we'll get to. Yes. So the match, not the longest, uh, went on um, quite spiffily. It was, but it was quite a it was quite a roller coaster. They threw mm. you in with an armbar at the start. You know, Rousey was trying to get the submission with the armbar. Tries to get the submission with the ankle lock. Um, but Flair keeps escaping, keeps going to the ropes, keeps crawling away. Rousey uh, hits the sort of uh, Piper's pit on her, which is like the spinning spinning slam on her. But then uh, they always, t- you know, about they talk about they talk about the power of Bianca Belair, right? In commentary mm. here, they always talk about oh, the smarts of the Queen, the smarts of Charlotte yes. Flair. She's so intelligent. She's so smart. She's so amazing, right? So, yeah, we know she's smart. We know she puts her foot on the ropes every time someone does a finisher. You know. <laughs> We know we know about this already. So she puts her foot on the ropes, and Rousey's like, "Oh, she's oh, she's you know, she's distraught." Um, as 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 Flair attempts to figure eight, she he goes into the figure four, starts bridging up. Uh, Rousey counters by by kicking um, 
by sort of kicking Flair, I think in the leg or something, yeah. and pushing her, pushing her towards the wreck. Poor, poor Charles Robinson, um, poor <laughs> Lil Nate, which I thought was a bit of weird irony. Yeah, that's a good point. That, that Ric Flair's sort of former stooge, Charles <laughs> Robinson, little little nature boy, Lil Nate, gets taken out by his daughter. Yes. Gets pushed to the floor. And we know that the refs in WWE, you're blowing them and they'll fall, they'll be down for like 20 minutes. Yep. You know, you sort of look in their general direction and they'll have a heart attack. Yeah. So... <laughs> So they, so she gets pushed into the ref. The ref goes down. Oh, he's he's down. He's he's on the floor. He's in, he's incapacitated, right, on the ground. And then, then the, then we sort of tumble into the finish. Um, Rousey gets the armbar finally on on Charlotte, and Charlotte does does tap, but the ref doesn't see it, so it doesn't mean that's the end, right? Yes. The ref doesn't see it, and then Rousey sort of gets up and tries to. Get the ref up. He tries to. She tries to help the ref up, and Flair runs in with a big boot, nails, nails Rousey. One, yep. two, three. Charlotte yes. retains. Right. Correct. Now there were several layers to this match. Layer <laughs> one. Yeah. Is the, I think this is the same stadium where Flair won the new Raw Women's Title when they retired the Divas one, in the triple threat between Becky, Sasha, and okay. Charlotte. Possibly. So that's an ode to that as well. It's also an okay. ode to the fact that Charlotte was sort of wearing similar gear, I think similar sort of blue gear as for SmackDown and such. So she was wearing similar gear there. And it's also sort of an ode to the the event with the triple threat with Becky, Ronda, Charlotte. Mm. The fact that Ronda and Charlotte never got a match. Um, True. Even though, even though that match was supposed to be Becky, Ronda, wasn't it? Yes. And Charlotte was just inserted. But I thought that, that did Becky better than anything else. Yeah, he got the sort of two belts reign, right? And this, I think the general reaction to this match was quite negative, to be honest. Uh, People were. It wasn't great. No, no, it wasn't great. Um, I'm going to give it a six. I will give it. I think a... it pales in comparison to Bianca Becky. Yeah. Bianca Becky was I... much better than this. It was. Um, Even despite what Ric Flair says, he goes on Twitter and he goes, <laughs> "My daughter's the be- that was the best women's wrestling match I've ever seen." All right, all right, all right, Rick, stop taking bumps. I mean, yeah. not the bumps you take in the wrestling ring. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm convinced he's just an insane old man who is uh, who is it uh, who will go to any lengths to sort of uh, defame Becky because they've had some sort of weird feud where Becky is now the man and Ric Flair, who is like 112 years old thinks that he's still the man anyway I mean, yeah it, 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 it wasn't great I, what I, will I, you rate it what will you rate it I, I think i can agree on a six maybe a 5.5 5. right okay okay somewhere in that ballpark yeah i also i think that ronda's ronda's sort of return wwe return has been defamed by the fact she's done nothing but bad mouth the fans <laughs> since she left last time in 2016 or 2017 uh, it didn't help no um Ever since she left, she's been saying, oh, I, I hate the fans. Oh, it's fake fighting. Oh, I don't like it. Oh, I'm going to go to my farm, you know. Yes. And now she comes back and she's smiling all the time, even though we know that all Vince McMahon told you to do is smile. If you don't smile, yeah. if you don't smile a lot, that's his one thing he tells you to do, to, to smile all the time. Because apparently when you're a baby face, you're supposed to have a smile, grin to your face, <laughs> and you can't do any other emotion. Exactly. You can't be mad or angry. You're supposed to be smiling all the time. Like, who am I, the Joker? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it wasn't great. It also it ended with a big boot, which is... Uh... Yeah, but, yeah, but she, if it was like Mandy Rose or Dana Brooke or someone, sure, maybe I could see you finishing it with a big boot. But yeah. it's Ronda Rousey. I know, she fair, it. I just, I know it's, it's one of Charlotte's finishers, but it's like a secondary, it's like what you call a secondary finish. Yeah, but it's it's one of those things now where, like, obviously, like, back, back, in, back in the old days, unless I'm like, oh, man... Um, when I was watching WrestleMania 4 on VHS, which I do own, um, and I used to watch very frequently, you'd get people like Jake the Snake would hit a DDT for a finisher. Yeah, right? Jake the Snake's finisher with a DDT. That's, I remember that. That's just, now, a normal, that's just a normal move now. And now DDT and, uh, wouldn't even get a two count in most exactly, matches. Exactly. Uh, the big boots are the same thing. You've got people like uh, you know, Kane, Taker, uh, JBL were hitting big boots. Yeah. Uh, Sid Vicious. So it's just a normal move now. It's just a thing. People do it. Yeah. Everyone does it. So it, it, it doesn't work. Whenever Steve Sunders is in a finisher, it's very much like, oh, oh, that ended. Oh, okay. 
People, people, people applaud when a regular move gets a finish nowadays. <laughs> like, like for instance, uh, Brian uh, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson in uh, AEW, he has the label lock, but he also like he's finishing matches with like knee bars and stuff and and, yeah. and ankle picks and things like that. So people applaud when a regular move gets a finish nowadays. But now, but now it's like I think again we can probably do another episode on this. But sort of the finisher <laughs> culture, I like, right. that matches like a Canadian destroyer. Would barely get barely get a two count, two point five count, a two count in most matches. Where Canadian destroyers were like sort of devastating moves years ago. Yes. Right. So it's very rare to see the type of moves that sort of evolved and haven't evolved and things like that. I feel like people have gotten more intelligent. Where the fact they want matches to go on longer, they want people to sort of work. Where sort of work yeah. rate is sort of applauded. That's the word, isn't it? Work rates, as they say. Yes. But. Now you speak of you speak of people from people from the past. Perhaps mm-hmm. one of the biggest figures of ninety of eighties, nineties, early two thousands wrestling wrestling yeah. was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now right. Kevin Owens, right? Everyone yes. knows everyone's favorite um, Canadian French Canadian Kevin Owens. Everyone's favorite sort of powerbomb artist Kevin mm-hmm. Owens. Um, he comes out and he's for for weeks sort of unprovoked. For weeks, he starts. He starts sort of. Uh, he says he hates Texas. He says he says that um, he says that Texas. He says they should never have WrestleMania in Texas. Texas is the worst state of them all. You know, Texas. He hates Texas. He wears a cowboy hat wrong. Yes. You know, he wears a cowboy hat sideways one week. He starts saying how much he hates Texas. He'll look. He'll 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 cut a promo. He'll look straight to the camera and go, "I hate Texas." Just as a, <laughs> he hates Texas, right? Yeah. He doesn't like Texas. And we start getting rumblings and whisperings that, oh, they're going to bring Steve Austin back. I wonder what they're going to do. Oh, Kevin Owens keeps bad-mouthing Texas. I guess Steve Austin's going to come in. Mm. And then one week, Kevin Owens just comes to the ring and goes, Steve Austin, I'm going to call you out. I want you to join my talk show, the KO Show, and you're going to be my special guest, and I'm going to tell you to your face how much I don't like Texas. Right? Yeah. Then we get, by the way, promos nowadays, hit and miss, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Steve Austin, always a hit. Yeah, three sixteen. Everybody loves it, right? The Stone Cold Stunner. Everybody loves it, right? So Stone Cold cuts this promo. We driving out in the desert in his boat. Have you seen this? Have you seen this video? Yeah, because it's. Uh, I don't know if you've seen all of it, but I swear it's some of it's on the promos and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Where he dr- he drives out into the desert and his doom buggy. He gets in out fact, and goes. No, yes, Kevin, because... Kevin, Kevin Owens, you you. You are one dumb man if you think you're gonna taunt Stone Cold Steve Austin. You keep bad mouthing the state of Texas. I'm gonna open up. I'm gonna open up a can of whoop ass on you, son. You know. Yeah, it, I have seen it because it was on the. Uh, it was played on the Hall of Fame that took place yeah. like a week earlier or something from the WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, Kevin Owens, I'm gonna, I'm gonna join you if it's a KO show, it's a match, a fight, a brawl, whatever. I'm gonna come down that ramp and I'm gonna give you a stone cold son like you've never seen, baby. You know, mm. that's what that's what he said. <laughs> and then he and he delivered. It, he delivered. But what happened was, um, KO comes out. Uh, Kevin Owens comes out. And he's like, right, where is it, Stone Cold? You know, I'm ready. I'm ready. You think it's the bottom line? You think that's what you say? This is what Kevin Owens says. I'm bring me the fight, baby. You know. And then out. Okay, you get the glass shatter. You know that that's the music. Yes, correct. and he comes out. Does he come out in his uh, on his quad bike? Drives out on his quad bike. Uh, I think he does. He just... yeah, he. I was because I'm trying to spoilers. Right. You see him again. <laughs> you do see him again. You see him. On and I'm getting because on... I know I know the other time you see him, he does. Right. Maybe he walks. No, no. I think he walks out. He, no, he, yeah, he does. He walks out. out. He comes out on three sixteen. Yes. Three out. Three hours. Sixteen minutes. He makes his entrance. Yeah. He walks out. It's the uh, he walks second out. time you see him. He has the quad bike. All right. Okay. Right. He walks out. He walks out. Um, which I think, is, and also that's amazing. I don't know whether that was planned or not. But three sixteen into the show, he he walks out. Yeah. Which is amazing. So anyway, here comes here comes Stone Cold. Um, he comes out and he comes out and he's like, "All right, Kevin Owens, I'm here. What do you want? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat you up like you've never been beat up before." And then 
then Kevin is like, right, Stone Cold, it's an honour to have you here. You know, you're one of my great heroes. You've passed me down. You've because Kevin, Kevin knows the whole thing was he also uses the stunner, right? And oh, you give me this great move and whatnot. Um, and then, but yeah, but I didn't actually bring you here to do a KO show. I brought you here to beat you in a no yes. hold bar match, right? Yes. So, and this was ref. People say, oh, people. Initially, we said, oh, he's, he's not going to have a match. He's just kind of like a talk show segment. Like, why is a talk show segment main eventing WrestleMania? Well, that's the know, obviously, it's Steve Austin, but... Mm. I mean, because obviously it was like, oh, it, it was revealed. Um, I believe Kevin Owens revealed it, and it was revealed later on that he, he was going to main event in WrestleMania. Yeah. Which would have been a bit of... And again, like you were saying, I was like, well, if it's just a KO show... I was like, I was like, if I guess, I was like, oh, he could just hit the stunner at the end and it sends the crowd happy, short, sure. and he does what yeah. he did it. What was that, like Raw twenty five, which was like half an hour in the ring, just throwing beers around and stuff. Right. Because also, well, like spoilers, if he gets the beer, like the mat's wet. Yeah. If it's the last thing on, they're not got to worry about cleaning them quickly for the next people on. Yeah, it, um, it's, his, it's his last match since WrestleMania nineteen in two thousand three. Yes, against The Rock. It's The Rock, yeah. He even mentioned it in his promo. He said that um, the last time I was at WrestleMania, The Rock hit me with three rock bottoms. One, two, three. I lost the match. Mm. You know? So, but now he returns for a victory, actually. He ends up defeating Kevin. We'll get that into, we'll get into that in a second. Yes. They're fighting through the crowd. The match is on. They're fighting through the crowd. And they're, they're beating each other up. And then Steve Austin, he loves his beer. He's got his own brand of beer. He, does. Uh, he gets his beer beer cans out. He starts smashing Kevin Owens with the beer cans. He starts pouring beer cans over Kevin Owens' face. Kevin's like, ah, you know. Um, and then when they get back in the ring, they're fighting through the crowd. They make a circle. They come back into the ring. Uh, Owens does the up, gets a gets an upset. Hits a stunner on Austin, but only gets a only gets a two count. Right? Yes. So in the in the end, um, I think someone goes to a. I think Austin goes through a table as well. Like he's bumping. So oh, he is. Yeah. He uh, he gets uh, I believe he gets suplexed on the outside. Yeah, suplexed outside through a table, and so he got a chair. Oh, Kevin Owens gets a steel chair, and he's like, "I'm gonna take I'm gonna take you down, Steve Austin." So he swings the chair. He just I think it's a mirror of what Steve Austin did in the in the, one of his matches, possibly. Where he swings the chair, but then it bounces into the ropes and then hits him in the head instead of yes hitting hitting Steve because because Stone Cold ducks out of the way. Yes. So Stone Cold ducks, ba-bam, the, the chair hits him in the head. Oh, you know, he's he's cracked in the head with a chair. And then Austin gets him, kick, does the does the kick, does the boom, Stone Cold Stunner. And the art of selling a Stone Cold, everyone's sold a Stone Cold Stunner in their life, right? Yeah. It's the it's the classic, it's the classic, um, it's it's the classic, uh, the classic way of doing things where it's, it's what I like to call the Stone Cold Stunner distance. Yeah. Are you, are you familiar with this concept? I, I know where you're going with it. <laughs> the Stone Cold Stunner Distance is that if you're within like two, three meters of Stone Cold, he's legally allowed to stun you. Yes. And there's, you can't do about it. You can, you, you can do nothing about it. It's just going to happen, right? Yeah. It could happen any time. But when you're within Stone Cold critical distance, he is allowed to stun you. It's just going to happen. Yes. You can't stop it, right? So obviously Owens got within the Stunner Distance and got stunned. And then he's oh, he's down one two three he wins the match you know the it crowd's is. happy big pop. So then Owen sort of gets up he's stumbling Austin comes back in boom second stunner. And then out comes the the Texas police and takes them both away yeah. right. But then after when the when the cameras sort of turned off I believe, um, uh, Austin came back out and the crowd was you know cheering and he he did the beer did the toast with the beer smashed the beers together did the drinking. He, he drank like six, seven beers. I think he needs. Well, the thing? He's like, not driving af- home. Afterwards, he the amount of beers that got thrown to him, and like the amount of like beers he was like cracking open. And, like how many like he's, he's drinking like milk. He's just cracking, just oh, you know. Just to be fair beers, though, he's left, like right, what? Center. It's must be like what fifty, sixty or something. It's his he's last stone match. cold. He's he's, he's exactly. got a good, he's got a great alcohol tolerance. Um, <laughs> Byron Saxton comes in the ring and he lays out Byron Saxton with his stunner. He does. Uh, much to the delight of Corey Graves. Um <laughs> he, hits, he hits a stunner on Byron after a toast. He didn't kick him, he didn't kick him in the crotch this time. Uh, no. like he did last time on Raw. But yeah, and then he closes out WrestleMania Saturday with the crowd home happy seeing Steve Steve Austin. So there we go. I'm gonna rate that. I'll give that another eight. Great, yeah. fun segment. Kevin Owens is always going to be a hit. 
you know, Stone Cold's a nice nostalgia pop for the people, and he's back and he's doing his great thing. So, I think I think an eight's fair. An eight is fair. An eight is fair. So, that's WrestleMania Saturday. It is. Do you want to give an overall rating? Or do you think our individual ratings sort of speak for themselves? I think the individual ratings speak for themselves. Yeah, I think so. Okay. And any closing words? Uh, night one. I remember after after night one, after kind of what happened and, and Cody Rose came back and Stone Cold uh, had a match, which obviously, mm-hmm. again, wasn't confirmed until it happened. And I remember night one being very strong, at least in the end half, and the start was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, I remember at least being like night two, it's, it's got no chance at this point. Like, what's, what are we, what are we, why did they put this on first? Because night two is, it's got what I had. Night two had Knoxville. It mm-hmm. had, um, what's the other celebrity one on night two? It was Pat McAfee. Yes. We'll get yes. to, we'll get to the night two. Um, and I was like, there's like, it's got Roman and, I was like, if something happens with Roman and Brock, that's a massive surprise when I came in, yeah, night two might stand a chance. But night one right. was strong. At least in terms of like, especially in modern, modern manias, night yeah, one was strong. Manias. So, but my weekly wreck this mm. week is actually a night a match from night two of a WrestleMania. Interesting. Okay. It's a night from not WrestleMania because I remember they only started doing this this two night thing <laughs> yeah. recently. So you know it's either thirty six or thirty seven. It's not thirty eight. Yes. It's match it's from WrestleMania thirty seven. Okay. And it is a match for the Raw Women's title between okay. Raw Women's champion Asuka and continued viewers of the of the show will know the um, listeners of the show well I'm particularly fond of Australian wrestler Rhea Ripley mm-hmm. and this is her match this is her time this is her mania moment at Wrestlemania 37 where she manages to defeat Oscar who had like a 200 day reign or something like that as Raw Women's Champion and defeat her at Wrestlemania and become Raw Women's uh, Raw Women's Champion at this event so it's a great the four matches on YouTube it's about 15 minutes Go and watch it. We know that Oscar's like a tremendous worker. We know Oscar's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, we know Rhea's great as well. We know she's awesome as well. Great chemistry. Um, she takes an insane DDT off the uh, off the apron, which is absolutely mad. Um, but yeah, she manages to overcome sort of the power and speed of Oscar. She uses her own strength as well. Uh, she hits that amazing vertical suplex. She does like an elevated vertical suplex off the ropes. Uh, she hits that those drop kicks. She does like a the missile drop kick as well is great. We know how good Rear is. We know how good Oscar mm. is as well. These are two awesome workers. Absolutely tremendous. So that is the weekly wreck. It is the uh, Oscar versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania 37. So nice. the four matches on YouTube, 50 minutes long, go and watch it. It's great. Fair enough. So, and that is my weekly wreck. I'm going to rate it nine, 9.5. Okay. 9.5. There you go. Because I just love Rhea. I just think she's... I just think she's just such a badass. She's looks awesome. Great charisma. Has the look. Has the, the sort of the feeling. She has an aura. She has this sort of intangible, which I feel is absolutely electric. So, there you go. That is my weekly wreck. So, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. And a goodbye from Corey. Goodbye. <laughs>